Uh, if you have your Bible, open up to 2 Peter. Uh, we are in 2 Peter. Let's just jump into God's Word. Uh, that's why we're here this morning, to, to, to hear from the Lord through uh, the preaching of His Word, to have times of, of singing together, to have what we just had, fellowship together. Um, and uh, so we're going we're gonna to just open up God's Word this morning. We're in 2 Peter. Uh, we're going to be looking at verses 12 to 15. And this morning is about never forgetting God's Word, or to say it this way, to always remember God and His Word. And uh, we're going to learn that this morning, verse 12 to 15 of chapter 1 of 2 Peter. I'm going to pray for us, and then we will just jump right into this text. This, uh, this is uh, what it says, verse 12. Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. I think it right, as long as I am in this body, to stir you up by way of reminder, since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me, and I will make every effort so that after my departure you may be able at any time to recall these things. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, what a privilege it is to have a copy of God's Word right there in our hands. What a joy it is to open it up, to read it, to enjoy it, to meditate on it, to memorize it. And now this morning, we get to learn from what it has to say as it points us back to you and to your Son, Jesus Christ. So help us, Lord. Help us to grow in the truth that you want to teach us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, in downtown New York, uh, many of you know this, and most of you know this, that there is a memorial site in downtown New York because of 9-11, what happened tragically uh, 20-plus years ago. And I had the opportunity years ago to go to the site, and it was still under construction uh, during that time. And, And there, there's a memorial there, and there's also a museum there where you can go in and you can Uh, honor those who uh, were tragically killed in that event, those heroes who ran to the scene to to help pull people out of those towers before they collapsed. And around this memorial, where you can see it, it's become kind of the phrase of 9-11, is this phrase, it's this, we shall never forget. We shall never forget. And whenever 9-11 comes around, and rightfully so for us to to, to honor uh, those who have fallen, this phrase comes up. In fact, there's movies uh, that come up and have, have come out that always say this, we shall never forget, we shall never forget with the intended purpose that you would remember what happened on that day. As we approach this passage here, it's kind of have that, that same reminder for us as, as Peter writes this letter to us, he wants us to never forget the things that he has written. He wants us to remember God and his word. He wants us to to remember, as he says it three different times there, to remember the things that he has written. And and Peter has already written to us the the first letter. We've been able to study that over the year. And now he comes to the second letter. And the second letter, he is in in prison. He's writing from a prison cell, and, and he's near the end of his life. He even mentions that here to us. He even says, since I know that the putting off my body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me, and he's pinning out for us his final words. It's kind of the final words of an older man wanting to make sure there are things that you don't forget. 
This is, you could say, his legacy. This entire letter of 2 Peter is about knowing God, about growing in the knowledge and and truth of who Jesus Christ is. He starts out in verse 2 that way, and he ends in chapter 3 in verse 18 that way. It's about knowledge. It's about growing in the knowledge of God. And here he comes to this section, and three different times he uses this word. You can see it in verse 12, to remind you. In verse 13, by way of reminder, and then in verse 15, uh, it says this, be able at any time to recall these things. Why is it that Peter would take a section here, and really, we we could have just pulled this section out, and he could have just kept going from from verse 11 straight to verse 16, but he, he spends these verses, these four verses right here, simply to remind you of the things that he has already written. Why would he do that? Well, Peter's a a smart guy. He knows this, that we are people who forget. We forget things all the time. In fact, if I were to ask you this right now, what is it that you had for dinner on Friday night? (laughs) You're like, Friday night? That's so long ago. No, it wasn't. It was two days ago. In fact, it was only two, two dinners ago. What is it that you wore on Thursday morning when you got up? We don't know these things. Why? We're forgetful people. In fact, there are on our apps right now on our phones, just an app. It's called Reminder for you to what? To not forget. And you guys use Reminder app all the time to remind you of things that you would not forget. Meetings that are coming up, events that are coming up. You have a calendar and on that calendar, you have alerts. You have two alerts on the calendar one set for 30 minutes before, one set for a day before. You've got all of that on your phone. Why? Because we are what? Forgetful people. There is great danger, however, church, in this, forgetting God and forgetting his word. And this is all throughout the Old Testament. This was what the prophets would say. And what even God said to his people is this, is that there is great danger when you forget God. In fact, turn with me back to Deuteronomy because I want you to show, all the way, show you all the way back in Deuteronomy the danger that comes with forgetting God and forgetting his word. Deuteronomy chapter 8. The people of Israel had been freed from the oppression of Pharaoh. They had gone through the the Red Sea, the parting of the Red Sea. They had come across to the other side. The Lord would often, you remember in the Old Testament, they'd always have these stones of remembrance, stones of remembrance, stones of remembrance, song of remembrance. Why? He didn't want to forget who he was and the character of who God is. And he come to Deuteronomy 8, and this whole chapter is about remembering the Lord your God. He even says it in chapter 8, verse 2, and you shall, what, remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, why? That he might humble you, testing you to know what is in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commandments or not. Look down in verse 11, Deuteronomy 8, 11, it says this, take care lest what? You forget the Lord your God. Take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his rules and his statutes that I have commanded you today, Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built up houses and live in them, 
And when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart will be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God. What is he saying? When things get comfortable and things are good and you're no longer under the stress of life and the pressures of life and you're no longer in bondage and you're comfortable in life, what are you prone to do? Forget who God is. And he's saying this, don't do that. Don't forget the character of God. Don't forget what he's done to you. He goes on, it says in verse 15, that he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water, who brought you uh, water out of the, the flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna that your forefathers did not know that he might humble you and test you to do good in the end. Beware, lest you say in your heart, my power and might of my hand, have gotten me this wealth. Verse 18, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that he might confirm his covenant, that he swore to your fathers that it is this day. And if you forget the Lord your God and go after other gods and serve them and worship them, here it is, I solemnly warn you today that you shall surely perish like the nations that made the Lord makes to perish before you. So you perish because what? You did not obey the voice of the Lord your God. He tells them again in chapter 9, verse 7, Remember and do not forget how the Lord provoked, how, how you provoked the Lord your God to wrath in the wilderness. This is the great danger, church, is that we get so comfortable in our lives Things are going so great in our lives that we just begin to push God out. We begin, to, we, we begin to say, God, I don't need you anymore. Thanks for the prosperity. I'll take it from here. And we forget who God is. And the great danger that, that Israel had is once they pushed God away, they went chasing after other, other idols. They went running towards other idols, and this is what happens uh, when we forget God and we forget his word, is every other sin, every other pleasure of this world begins to be so sweet that we begin to run after that. All idols, all pleasures, all evil, and all wickedness becomes readily and easily available once we forget who God is. Sin overtakes the heart, sin overtakes the mind, and God is no longer a thought. And Peter has this, and Peter knows this about, the, uh, about Israel, how they would forget God and, and eventually it would lead towards judgment because they, they forgot God in their mind. They've chased after other idols. Judgment came upon Israel. Peter knows that we're forgetful people, so he comes into this section and he tells us, I'm going to remind you, I'm going to remind you, I'm going to remind you. In fact, he already said this, if you were with us last week, he already said this to us. If you look back in verse 9 of chapter 1, he says, whoever lacks these qualities, these qualities there that are mentioned to us in verse 5 all the way to verse 8, this growth and sanctification, if you lack these qualities, you are so nearsighted that you're blind, what? Having what? forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Those who are unfruitful in this life, those who are ineffective for God in this life have forgotten that their sins have been forgiven. 
They've forgotten where they once were, dead in their trespasses and sin. And they keep stumbling and stumbling and stumbling and stumbling because they've forgotten the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Peter's concerned. Peter's concerned here that when trials come up and God's not a thought, that they would not be able to handle the trials. Peter's concerned that when, as we'll see here, it's coming up in in chapter 2, when false prophets arise, they won't know how to handle the false prophets. They wouldn't be ready to handle the false teaching that that was coming upon them. And so he says this, therefore, verse 12, I intend what? To always remind you. Until I die, I'm going to continually remind you of the gospel over and over and over and over again so that you will be able to handle life's trials, life's difficulties, life's hardships, so that you will not forget God, so you will not, as it says in verse 10, stumble or fall. So here's what Peter does for us. I'm going to give you these to you. Three reasons to remember God's word. Three reasons to remember God's word. Number one is this, to affirm spiritual truths. To affirm spiritual truths. He says this, therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities. And he says this, though you know them in your already established in the truth that you have. He goes back and he says, therefore, because of all the things I just said, because of what I just mentioned to you from verse 1 all the way down to verse 11, I'm going to continually taking you back to these verses. I'm going to continually take you back to what is already said here. And I guess I already know you know these things. But my intent is to continually remind you of these things. I'm going to continually jog your memory. I'm going to continually prod your mind again and again with what was already said. I'm going to continually stimulate your mind with the truth. I'm going to continually repeat these things over and over and over again. Why is he doing this? So that he would be able to, as much as possible, embed these truths deep into your heart. Think of it this way, like, like a uh, like a piece of wood, and, and there's a nail, and, and, w- and with each blow of, of the hammer, it, it sinks the nail in deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. This is how it is when you hear the gospel over and over and over again. You hear the truth over and over again. It's like a, a blow to the nail o- over and over again until it sinks deep into your heart. Once is not enough. Twice is not enough. A hundred times is not enough. A thousand times is not enough. Over and over and over again until these truths have been confirmed in your heart so that you are convinced to the point of changing your actions. What does Peter want him to know? Well, these are the things that we talked about, and I'll just remember the outline that we have for the first 11 verses. He wants them to know this, the salvation of Jesus Christ. Verse 1, that they would remember this, that those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours, by what? By the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
He reminds them of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not our righteousness, it's Christ's righteousness. Secondly, he wants to remind them of this, of the sufficiency that is found in Jesus Christ. Verse 3 and 4, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. He's going to remind you again and again, all you need is Jesus Christ for eternal life and for godliness. If that's all you had, that would be enough for the life that you're living. He wants to remind you of that. He wants to remind you then, thirdly, of the sanctification to be like Jesus Christ, that you would be continually making every effort to supplement your faith with these virtues, that you're growing in grace, that you're increasing in these virtues so that you would be effective, so that you would be fruitful, so that you would not stumble and fall, so that, as it says in verse 10, that you would be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. Peter doesn't want us to forget these precious truths of Scripture. This, this is on the heart of this, this man who is, who is writing out this, this legacy letter to us. And he even says this, I, I know you know this. I, I know you know this. I know this isn't new information. In fact, I know it's even established in your hearts. I know you've got the doctrine. I know you've got the truth. Like any good teacher, he keeps going back to those over and over and over again. And uh, in 1 John 2, 21, John said this to the, the letter that he wrote, to his, the recipients of that letter, he said this, I write to you, not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it. And because... No lie is of the truth. In Jude, just one couple pages over to the right of your Bible, it said, he said this, Now I want to remind you, although you once fully knew it, that Jesus who saved the people out of the land of Egypt afterward destroyed those who did not believe. What is Peter doing? He wants to, he wants to pound this truth deep into your heart. Paul said it to the Philippians in chapter 3 and verse 1. He said, finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same thing to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. It's safe for you to hear the truth again and again and again and again and again. I read this. I, I looked it up. I kind of wish I hadn't uh, looked this up, but, but I went ahead and, and looked up what people remember after they hear a presentation, how much they remember after hearing a presentation. This is what they said, and I quote, it says, the most generous results we've seen regarding what people remember are as follows. Immediately after the presentation, the audience remembered 50% of what was said immediately after. So at lunch, Hey, you got 50% of content to work with after everything that was said, which means I should just keep going longer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> By the next day, the audience remembered 25%. So by tomorrow, you're down to 25% in that old brain of yours. A week later, so think back to last week's sermon, 
the audience remembered just 10%. Just 10%. Peter says, I'm going to always remind you of these things. Truth bears repetition. And so every moment that I have, I'm going to keep giving to you the same truths again and again and again. I'm going to point you back to salvation. I'm going to point you back to sufficiency. I'm going to point you back to sanctification. These are the the building blocks that we put up around our hearts and and around our lives over and over of truth just around us. It's safe for us to do this. You say, Joe, I'm starting to realize now why you keep repeating yourself. Why you go back and tell us everything you said the week before. Because I'm working under the assumption this that you didn't remember all of it. And so, yeah, we got to go back and I've got to go outline the first 11 verses again, and then we're going to pull you forward into the next one. And then we're going to go back and remind you again and pull you forward and go back and pull you forward. Why? Because I want you to remember the truths. I don't want you to, to leave here and say, oh, okay, that was great. I got some warm fuzzies and I really enjoyed that one point and then, then forget, it, forget it for the rest of the week and show up next week and do it again. No, I want this embedded in your hearts, deep into your hearts. I want transformation to happen in your hearts. Albert Barnes has this quote kind of summarizes all of this. He says this, it was important for Peter to, to bring known truths to remembrance. Believers are apt to forget them and, and then they do not exert the influence that they ought. Amid the cares, the business, the amusements, the temptations of the world, the ministers of the gospel render to us an essential service. Even if they do nothing more than remind us of truths which are well understood and which we have known before. A pastor need not always aim at originality. He renders an essential service to mankind when he reminds them of what they know but are prone to forget. He endeavors to impress plain and familiar truths on the heart of the conscience. For these truths are most important for mankind. Though we may not be, be though we may be firm in our belief of the truth, yet it is appropriate that the grounds of our faith should be stated to us frequently, that they may be always in our remembrance. So Peter says, this is important for you just to remember the same simple truths again, so that they're embedded deep into your heart. Secondly is this, to awaken spiritual apathy. To awaken spiritual apathy. Look down with me, if you would, at verse 13. He says this, I think it right. As long as I am in this body, to what? To stir you up by way of reminder. To stir you up by way of reminder. To to awaken your spiritual apathy. I I, I think it's right, he says, uh, to refresh your memory. Let's go back to the basics. This word here, to, to stir up, it, it, it means this, this very thing. In the, in the active voice, it means to cause or to, to wake up or to awaken someone. It's to be stirred up in the mind. 
In fact, he even says it again if you looked over in 2 Peter chapter 3, in verse 1, he even says it there. This is now the second letter that I am writing to you, beloved. In both of them, what does he say? I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder. I'm just taking you back to the truth. Peter knew this, that our, uh, we have minds that uh, have a tendency to, to be accustomed to the truth. Right? And familiarity breeds what? A deep, deep love. No, it's not the same. This is what happens, right? Some of you have been in the church a long time. You've heard the same truths over and over and over again. And you're thinking to yourself uh, this, man, I, I've got this figured out. In fact, why do I even come? Maybe, maybe this morning you've been so accustomed to the truth, the same old truths that, that, that now are, 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 are ones that we hear it, and now we take it for granted. We take for granted, and, and we talk about the precious Word of God so much because we should never take this for granted. We should never take the truths for granted. How long do we have before they start taking this away from us? How, how long do we have? And Peter knows this. Peter knows that as we remember these things, that we get accustomed to the truth so much that, 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 that over time it, it, it can result in a calloused heart. And we forget that we're in a spiritual battle where, where the stakes are high and where, where the enemy wants that to happen. He, he wants you to think to yourself, hey, I've got this whole gospel thing figured out. I don't need a Bible study. Huh, I could teach that Bible study. Why didn't they ask me to teach the Bible study? I don't need church. I don't need to come. I don't, I don't need more than one, than one 40-minute sermon. I've got it figured out. I remember I had somebody come up to me uh, on a Sunday morning. A lady, a lady came up to me one time and she said, you know what? I'll, I'll just serve during the service because I, I don't need to be in there on Sunday mornings. I, I, she, she basically said, I, I'm good. I, I don't need to be in church on Sundays. I thought to myself, did you just hear yourself? Did you just hear what you just said? I don't, I don't need truth. I've got it figured out. What happens sometimes is this familiarity begins to make us arrogant. Begins to cause us, as, it, as 1 Corinthians, and Paul told us in 1 Corinthians 8, it, it causes us to be puffed up like, like a puffer fish at the sound of truth. You're just like, poof, I know it. Look it. Look how big I am. Look how much knowledge I have. That's literally what the word means, to, to puff up with arrogance. We begin to be, we, we, can, we can fall into this category and think, oh, I don't ever need to hear the gospel. I got it figured out. And let me tell you, church, that is a very dangerous place to be in when your heart is so calloused. It is so hard that the fresh gospel truths mean nothing to you. Church family, may we, may we never get tired of hearing that Jesus Christ died for my sins. 
May we never grow tired of the fact that I am an an unworthy sinner who does not deserve the grace of God. Did you sing those songs with any emotion this morning? Hallelujah, what a Savior. Did it break your heart at all to think, I don't deserve this Savior? Did it pierce anything in your heart, any emotion at all? Or are you so callous to hearing the truth over and over and over again that you you just sit there and it means nothing? Do you recognize the danger in that church? There's an old hymn. It's just simply this. I thought it was a nursery rhyme, but it's actually a hymn. It says this, tell me the stories of Jesus. And I thought to myself, if we could approach Sunday mornings with, with, with childlike curiosity, we approach the Word of God with, with childlike curiosity, and this is what it says, tell me the stories of Jesus I love to hear, things I would ask Him to tell me if He were here, scenes by the wayside, tales of the sea, Stories of Jesus. Tell them to me. What if that was our approach? Tell me that story again when he walked on water. That was amazing. Tell me that story again when he, when he fed the 5,000. Tell, tell me that, t- just tell me about Jesus. And, and that curiosity is, is arisen. And what is it? It's a route. It's, it's, it's what? It's stirred up in the soul again. It's just a reminder again. And that's what Peter's saying here. The way to arouse the soul, to the, the way to stir up the heart is what? By hearing gospel truth again and again and again. And we just say, tell me the story of Jesus. We do this at home simply by saying this. I just need to preach the gospel to myself every day. As Jerry Bridges said in his book, Just preach the gospel to yourself. Now notice this. This is so good. Now notice this. He he says this. I want to stir you up by way of reminder. Then Then he adds this with it. Since I know that I am putting off my body, since the putting off of my body will be soon, as the Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me. He he says this with urgency. What's the urgency? He's going to die. He knows he's going to die. In fact, Jesus told him. In John chapter 20, he, he even told him, sorry, in John chapter 21 and verses 18 to 10, he, he told Peter he's going to die and it, w- it was going to be a gruesome death. And so Peter would have the, the brevity of life on his mind con- constantly. He, he knew it. Jesus told him, look, you are going to die. You, you're going to be sacrificed. Your life is. This is always on his mind. I even think as he wrote this letter that he knew that this would be the last letter that he wrote. And he had this urgency with it. I have to just say these things to you. Don't forget God. Don't forget the gospel. Don't forget the things that that I've written to you. Keep them on your mind constantly. I was thinking about this this week. In fact, the, 
the first thing I thought about when I, when I read this, this section and started to begin to just kind of unpack what it had to say, I, I felt the, this, this even weight over my, my own heart with the things people will remember me by. I don't know if some of you have uh, maybe, a, maybe a, a, a parent or a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle or even a teacher or, or someone in your life that, that has passed away and you remember what? You remember certain sayings that they have, right? You, you begin to pick up on some of their sayings and over time and, and they've kind of left this legacy of, of, of things without even trying. Well, we all do that. We all leave behind something without even trying. What is the what is the, the things that you're leaving behind? What is it when people say, hey, that person, immediately they think of this? Just like you have in your mind of that other person. What is that, that legacy that's behind? And this is what's on Peter's heart. I just wanted to re- remember these truths. There's an urgency there to it. So we need to remember these things, one, to affirm spiritual truth, secondly, to awaken spiritual apathy, and then number three is this, to aid in spiritual readiness. To aid in spiritual readiness. Look at what it says. I will make every effort. Again, I intend always, and now I'm going to make every effort. I'm going to keep doing this. I'm not going to stop. So that what? After my departure, you may what? Be able at any time to recall these things. What is he doing? He's equipping the leaders to be ready. He's equipping them to be ready. And the way that you're ready is to what? To be able to what? At any time, recall these things. He wants them to have the truth so embedded into their hearts that at any time they can recall it and use it to defend the gospel. In fact, this is kind of reminiscent of what he even said in in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15. He says, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. What does it say? Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason of the hope that is within you. This is what he's saying. I'm going to leave you these sayings. I'm going to point you back to these things and to these truths. Why? So that you can at any time recall them so that you're ready. I want you always ready. I want this embedded into your memory. And why is this so important? Well, we'll look at verse 16. Look what happens in verse 16. What's starting to arise now? False prophets and false teachers are starting to arise. Look down in in chapter 2 and verse 1. What's coming up? False prophets are coming up, and I need you to be, be so convinced in your mind that the gospel is the gospel, that when you notice and hear a false prophet, you'll be able to say, that's not the truth. So remembering these truths, it, it readies you. You're ready to defend. You're ready to speak truth. Because you've heard it over and over and over again, and it's even come to memory. We don't need new revelation. We don't need new prophecies. We don't sit around and wait to hear audibly from the Lord to start defending false prophets. No, we go back to the truths that are already written. 
In fact, Peter even talks about that, and I'm super excited for next week's message, by the way. He even talks about that because he says, I was an eyewitness, I heard the voice of God, and this is a more sure word than both. Are you kidding me? This is better than hearing from God? This is better than seeing God transformed on a mountain? Yes, that's exactly what Peter said. So he says, go back and just remember the things I taught you. Go back and remember the truth. Go back and remember the gospel. The best offense against false teaching is the pure milk of the word, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Why don't you turn with me as we close? I want to just take you to one, one psalm here and then, and then we'll be done. Turn to Psalm 119. The psalmist here, many believe it was written by David. This entire psalm talks about the Word of God. His love for the Word, his desire for the Word, his passion for it. Psalm 119, I want to just, I'm not going to read the whole thing, lest we cut into second service. But we'll just read verse 9 and down just this section. You'll get a, a taste of, the psalmist's love for the word, he says in verse 9, he says, how can a young man keep his way pure? His passion for purity in his own heart. What does he say? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips, I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and, what, and fix my eyes on your ways. Verse 16, right here, all eyes on verse 16. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. How does a young man keep his way pure? By not forgetting the word of God. Church, may that be us. That we would love the word of God. That we would guard it, we would keep it, we would store it up, we would memorize it, we would meditate on it. We would not forget the word of God. And may we be a church that loves not only studying the word of God, remembering the word of God, but then going out and showing the love of God to others. Not just being hearers, because in James 1, it says, don't be just a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word. And then he uses the same word, again, to forget, as you've forgotten and may we be a church like that. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we do thank you for timeless truth. The Word of God written thousands and thousands of years ago to benefit us today. What are we doing trying to come up with clever new tactics? What are we doing? We don't need to. We've got a more sure word, the gospel. And we just need to be reminded of these truths. 
May we have a heart, a childlike faith that comes and approaches the Word of God that just says, teach me about Jesus. Remind me the stories of Jesus. May we have that that faith and even that understanding of our unworthiness as we come back to the gospel, as we we come back to the word of God and, and are reminded of the fact that Jesus Christ came and died for my sins. Be reminded of the promises of scripture that point us forward into heaven of your sovereignty and your goodness and that one day we're gonna spend eternal life with you forever and that everything that's happening today, it's all gonna be okay because you are sovereignly on your throne. These are the truths that we need to be reminded of. And so we're thankful, Lord, for this morning and the reminder from your word to continue to drink of the waters of eternal life through Jesus Christ, found in the word of God. It's in his name we pray, amen.